You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. All right, my friends, welcome back to the show. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and for listening. I so appreciate you being here. It is always such a pleasure to spend the hour with you. I am back from vacation. We went for a Mediterranean cruise and spent some time in Italy. I love Europe. Europe is always a fun time. The gorgeous Mediterranean Sea and, you know, Mediterranean food. And, oh, my goodness, went to some of my favorite destinations. Um, Finally got to see Palma de Mallorca in Spain, which has always been a bucket list destination for me and you know hung out in cons for a little bit and Barcelona and Rome and Florence and Naples um and spending some time there I I love Europe 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 is like always fun like I mean who goes to Europe and doesn't have fun (laughs) I love Europe anyways I'm back I am back the podcast is in full swing and it's always fun to be back here with you so for today's episode we have Jordana Levine joining me and OMG I'm so excited to have Jordana with us Today, I have listened to her entire podcast, and I'm not even joking. Like Kelly Track does not make stuff up. <laughs> I listened to her entire show. She is so fun, and she's fresh, and she's witty, and she's fun-loving, and she's got this amazing knack for taking more complex topics and breaking them down super simply in a fun easy way. So Jordana Levine is an author. She is the author of the book, Make It Happen. She's a podcaster. She hosts the Inspired Table podcast and the Middle podcast, which is co-hosted with Holly as a party. She's a manifester, a lunar lover, and a closet stand-up comic who has a knack for taking mind-exploding spiritual concepts and making them digestible, relatable, and applicable to everyone. In our chat today, we talk about her new book called Make It Happen, which is all about her equation for manifestation and her four-part formula. We talk about surrendering, detachment from the outcome. We talk about the do's and don'ts of manifestation, how it's a lot easier than you think. And we also talk about how she manifested this book deal and wrote a whole book in eight weeks. I loved speaking to Jordana today. She is so fun and I know you're going to love this episode. Now, support for this episode comes from my friends at Podgy. So if you have a podcast and you are ready to outsource the backend work and you're ready to stop doing all of the editing and recording yourself, I totally encourage you to hire Podgy and have them do it for you. They are the folks that edit my show. And when you get started with Podgy, let them know that the Kelly Track Show sent you and you're going to get 50% off your first month of podcast editing. So if you just love having these high vibe conversations and you enjoy just having fun and doing your thing and you'd like to pass off the editing work, let Podgy take care of it for you. They are amazing, always on time, and they treat the Kelly Track Show just like their baby, because this podcast totally is my baby. If you have a podcast and you'd like a little bit of advice from me as your business coach, I would encourage you to outsource whatever you do not enjoy and let Podigy take it over because it's totally their zone of genius and they do a 10 out of 10 job editing your show, making you sound super professional, and doing it all with ease so you can stay doing the things that you love the most. Now, support for today's episode also comes from my friends at ConvertKit. So if you are looking to sell more stuff, I encourage you to give email marketing a go. So if you want to know a little bit more about how to do email marketing the right way, if you are one of my Your Conscious Empire students, you sure as heck know how to do it right. And if you're looking for an email marketing software, I 100% recommend ConvertKit. It's what I use. It's what I recommend to my clients. And I love it because it's easy. It's intuitive. It is 
very affordable. You can, you know, pay for it every single month um, or do it all in one go. But I love it because it's simple, it's easy, it's intuitive. You can automate stuff and it's all simple. I love it because it's got the features like some of the more high-end email marketing service providers, but without the huge price tag. But yet it's still way more robust than some of like the little earlier places you can start out with, like MailChimp, for example. I think ConvertKit gives you the best bang for your buck. It is the most easy. You can automate stuff, really segment your list, really target the people you need to target. And you know what? ConvertKit is designed for content creators in order for them to sell more stuff, which is another thing I love about them. Plus, they have amazing email support. So if you want to give ConvertKit a try, because you are a listener of The Kelly Track Show, you get a free... 30-day trial with them, which is really sweet, and it's an offer you won't find anywhere else. So if you want your free 30 days with ConvertKit, use the link in the show notes to go sign up. You can also find the link on my website at kellytrack.com slash podcast. All of the supporter links are there for easy access for you. All right, my friends, let's dive into this juicy episode with Jordana right now. Well, welcome to the show, Jordana. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. I listened. I have listened to your full show. There's not a lot of podcasts where I can say I listened to every single one. I did. I I like went on a. Oh. I went on like a binge listen. It started about last summer. I found you through Connie Chapman, who was a guest on the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, this is so good. And it was like, <laughs> I was making one of my courses, and um, it was my course based on building a digital business. And I was looking for like, just like something fun and easy that I could listen to. While I was taking breaks from making video content and it was your podcast. And it was like, Oh my God, I oh. love all of this. So it, it has a special spot in my heart. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That actually means so much to me because it's the reason I started the podcast was because I really wanted those easy listening conversations. And I couldn't really find something that hit the nail on the head for me. So I'm so glad that it resonates with you because that was the point of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's so good. I feel like they go by so quickly. They're so good. I'm like, what? It's over. Why? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's really, it's really stellar. And you have your new one, the middle, which is exciting. The middle has been such a surprise for us. Like we kind of had a conversation about it one night and I was like, what do you think about this? And Holly's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then we just started recording and the response has been incredible. I think because the premise of the middle is that we are basically two spiritual gals, but who tackle life from like a really normal everyday perspective. And I think the lines can get really blurred sometimes, especially when you're talking about like really big concepts like manifestation and the moon and Mm -hmm. things that have for so long seemed so woo woo. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of just bringing it back to the practical, you know, everyday normal life stuff. And people are resonating, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. And the downloads are going really well. I see you're getting on the top charts, which is exciting, and lots of shares, which is always amazing. I love seeing that when when new stuff comes out. That's always a good feeling. That's super exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're more than welcome. I have some rapid fire for you if you are ready before we dive in. I'm ready. Okay, cool. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, what's your favorite dish to make when you're catering an event? Oh, well, I cater a lot of events. My favorite dish to make is a roast pumpkin dal. Mm. And I think it's my favorite because it looks really like 
meh, but um, <laughs> whenever anyone <laughs> eats it, they're always just like, oh my God, what is this? And it's just, it's so easy to make and it just like hits all the feels in terms of like nourishment and satisfaction. Oh, I love that. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Coffee or tea? Oh my God, coffee. <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Like, actual addict. Yeah. Me too. How do you like your coffee? I have a long black. Um, and if I'm feeling a bit soft, which some mornings I are, I'll put a dash of milk in it, but otherwise just straight black. Nice. Nice. Yeah. How about you? How do you have your coffee? Um, I love, I just love it with, um, almond milk, like kind of like a latte. Mm -hmm. I usually just do that every day. I love coffee. You know, I try to do tea for a while. Um, it's just not the same (laughs) by any means. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I just love that caffeine hit and I love the way it tastes. Me too. And the way it smells and like, it does things to my brain. That first sip, it's like all, (laughs) everything starts firing all of a sudden. (laughs) I know what you mean. I have the same thing. I have the same way. What's your favorite chapter in Make It Happen? Ooh, that is such a good question, Kelly, because it changes all the time. But I think it's the manifesting love chapter. It was a really hard chapter to write for me. There were all these things I wanted to say and I didn't know how to say them. And I was really happy with the way that it all landed in the end. So yeah, I would say manifesting love. And I think it's a big thing for a lot of people, even people that are in love, it's a relevant chapter because it's all about how how to keep that love alive. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Full moon or new moon? Ooh, I can't choose a moon. Um, Okay, well, I will. I will choose a moon. I'm going to say the new moon um, because I – well, look, they both have equal value. It's like trying to choose a favorite child. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. New moon, new moon, new moon. Okay, cool. New moon because it sets up a really beautiful um, stage to – create your manifestations like Mm. it's the it's like the birthing point of Mm -hmm. manifestation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. favorite crystal Ooh, that's also really tricky um i would say (laughs) i don't know if i could say like (laughs) i don't know if i could say like overall favorite crystal but like i've got my favorite pieces i've got a ring that i wear every day and it's a smoky quartz Mm. and i think for that reason it's my favorite crystal but i don't know if i would say smoky quartz is my favorite crystal gotcha yeah but oh i love them all for different reasons (laughs) i know what you mean (laughs) (laughs) that's okay it's all good i know it's hard to pick a favorite because I have so many that are, they're beautiful in different ways, or like, I like the shape of one or the, the faucets in one, or like the smoothness of one, whereas the other one, I like, like a more jagged and rough looking. So I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, and it's also like what energy you are craving that day or mm-hmm. how you need it to support you or yeah, there, there's just so many different things you get from crystals. I find it really hard to just attach myself to one. Totally. I feel like my very first ones, though, are always the most meaningful. Like, they're always my favorites because they were my very first ones. Yeah. I also think, and perhaps it's not always the case, but there's something really special about being gifted a crystal. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got some crystals that have been presents from important people, and they hold so much power to me. Even though I've given them my own intention, it just, I don't know, they feel extra special. 
Yeah, I agree. My very first three all came from my sister and they are still like my favorite three. And it's like, they're my first and they're from her and they're like, she knows all my favorite colors. So it's like, they're pretty colors. Yeah. I like it when they're pretty. They have to be aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> what what crystals are they, those three? It is a blue calcite, uh, a, a, a rose quartz and a citrine. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and they look so beautiful together as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Those like pastel colors, which I love. Mm-hmm. And then what, so what would you pick between the Inspired Tail podcast or the Middle podcast? <gasps> oh my God. That is such a funny question. Um, we, we were just talking about it this morning. Look, I think I love them both equally. What I'm really loving on the Inspired Table at the moment and that everybody's really resonating with is the very short moon synopsis that go up Mm. on a new moon and a full moon. Mm -hmm. Um, But in saying that, people really love the interviews too. And I love doing interviews. Like my background's journalism. Mm -hmm. So I'm an ex-journo who doesn't do it anymore. And so the Inspired Table podcast for me when I'm interviewing people really takes me back to my roots and I love it. Like I miss that side of journalism, but I love the middle because it's really nice co-hosting. Like it really Mm -hmm. takes the pressure off. Um, and Holly and I just have this really incredible connection with each other where we really bounce off each other. It's quite an effortless thing to record. So I love, Oh, I love them both in, um, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Totally valid. Totally valid. Favorite beach in Australia. Ooh. Have you been to Australia, Kelly? Yeah, I was there once. I went to Sydney for about a week. Okay. So you saw the beaches here. Like they're phenomenal. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, how can I move here? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could pick one. Um, I mean, I'm living in Byron Bay at the moment. Nice. And there's so many beautiful beaches here. I'd probably pick Watergoes if I was picking a Byron Bay beach. Um, In Sydney, I'm an eastern suburbs girl, but I would say the northern beaches are the most beautiful in Sydney. They're just, like, exceptional. And then there's Jarvis Bay on the south coast of New South Wales is just, like, the whitest sand you've Mm. ever seen and the palest water you've ever seen. It's so beautiful. I mean, yeah, Australian beaches are just next level. I've never encountered anything like them in the rest of the world. They are so stunning. I'm a really big suck for beaches especially like really white sand and I'm like I'm like a hot vacation person all day long um and whenever I have whenever I have clients or students because I have when I started the podcast I had a lot of people in the early days they were either American guests or Australian guests so I just got a bunch of listeners from America and Australia and then they sent me pictures of these amazing beaches and I'm like oh my gosh I I need to I need to go to Australia and I need to experience (laughs) this like this white white sand it's like that's like that's like my version of heaven (laughs) yeah I know we're so we're so spoiled and I grew up by the beach so I feel like sometimes I take it for granted like I don't realize how lucky we are here but when you yeah when you're overseas and you go to a beach and you're like oh no they just don't make them like they do in Australia (laughs) totally totally. tarot cards or energy healing oh kelly (laughs) i know i I listened to your whole podcast i know i I picked some hard ones for you yeah um oh look they both are so valid i love tarot like i love 
tarot for my own personal use. Um, and I love having a tarot reading, but I think that energy healing can have such a profound, and obviously there's different, um, facets and mediums in the energy healing space, but it for me has had such a profound impact on who I am today in terms of healing from past trauma, um, you know, unlocking limiting beliefs, moving past stories. So I feel like I would pick energy healing. Nice. Yeah. I like energy. I li- they're both good in separate ways. I also feel like yeah. the energy healing for me as well has been like biggest like change in short periods of time, which always blows me away. Cause I'm like, wow, that yeah. happened. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know I don't even know if you can compare the two really because I feel like tarot for me is like a guidance system and in a way maybe like an affirmation of mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just like a reassurance. Mm-hmm. But energy healing, I think it's like it's quite transformative. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in short periods of time. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And then the last one is the craziest thing you've ever manifested. <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, I manifest crazy things all the time. The biggest thing I've ever manifested is my book, for sure, the book deal. And we can talk about that a little bit because that was quite crazy how that happened. Um, One of the silliest things I've ever manifested, which I talk about in the book because it was just so – it wasn't conscious and it was just so weird. I was – in a past life, I was a recipe developer. So that's – I was in food journalism. And I was in the kitchen and just on my own accord making – a smoothie and I'd run out of protein powder and it was strange that I'd run out of protein powder because I always had so much in the house because I'd get sent it from you know different brands and I'd have Mm. it for different projects and all this sort of stuff and I ran out and I was like god I guess it's about time I bought some and then I was like what kind of protein powder do I want I don't even know what I want I kind of just want it to arrive I don't even know what I'd want to pick and within a couple of hours, I got an email from a PR company asking me to develop recipes for a new hemp protein. And oh. they sent me that afternoon, five kilos of hemp protein powder. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Holy cow. What That's amazing. Actual... <laughs> it was oh so my weird. <laughs> That's fun. I love those when they're kismet and they're like just out of the blue yeah. and it's just like just in time. I love it when it comes like right when you need it. You're like, Oh yes. Instant, like instant order. <laughs> And it is is a manifestation. And I think this is where the lines have gotten a little bit blurry. Like people would disregard that as a coincidence, but I don't see it like that at all. I think it's like where you're putting your energy, whether it's conscious or subconscious or unconscious, it's all about what you're creating in your life. It's all a manifestation. Mm -hmm. I agree. I would see that as a manifestation as well. I'm not I always think the universe has like reason and rhyme to everything. So I don't, I'm never like, oh, that's a coincidence or like, oh, that, that's just a one-time thing. I'm like, that was magic. That was the universe. I was like, that was a (laughs) blessing. That was a miracle. That was a manifestation. (laughs) I love that stuff. I love that stuff. I think it's more fun to think about it like that too, as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would love to talk more about manifestation because this is all about, you know, what your new book, Make It Happen, is all about, which is so amazing. So can you share a little bit about what your manifestation process looks like, Jordana? Yeah. So basically, I had been running a series of events in Sydney, Australia, uh, for a couple of years called Lunar Nights, and it was all based around the lunar cycle. But within... um, Within those events, we spoke about manifestation. And 
over a few months, I started to, as I was teaching what I knew at the time about manifestation, kind of started to realize that there was actually a very simple formula to it. But what what the, where the power came from was really kind of following the formula in all of its facets. And so I came up with this um, equation and I call it the manifestation equation. And basically what it is, is it's, it's a four part equation. And when all four, four parts are practiced together, it results in successful manifestation. And it goes like this thoughts plus feelings plus action plus faith equals successful manifestation. So all four parts of that equation are probably parts of manifestation that you've heard before. You know, think the good thoughts and um, feel the good feels and, you know, believe in what's possible for you. But I found that the taking action part of the equation was something that people were really missing. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of talk about non-attachment and surrender, which is absolutely part of manifestation. But at the end of the day, if you want to make something happen in your life, you need to be able to take action and responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where the formula for the manifestation that I teach comes from. Mm, I love that. I agree. The taking action piece is the most powerful. And I love that you, you know, make that a focus as well. Cause there's so much like, you know, think about it and journal it and it will arrive. And it's like, um, not really. <laughs> no. And all of that stuff is valid. And if you're taking action without aligned thoughts and without being able to feel into it and like not believing in yourself, totally probably won't happen. Mm -hmm. It's all of those things together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes this manifestation equation so appealing to a mass market mm -hmm. because it's not overly woo-woo. It's mm -hmm. very practical mm -hmm. and it all comes down to you and you taking the power back, you feeling empowered to create the life that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like you're so great at that too, Joanna, like taking big things and making it simple, easy, digestible, you know, even like what you guys are doing with, with the middle podcast, it's like, okay, here's this high level stuff. And this is what it looks like in a real tangible, simple, obvious way. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, Oh, of, of yeah. course. Like, and it's so easy to, to remember, you know, just like things like four it reminds me of Kelly Levesque's Fab Four smoothie. Are you familiar with Kelly Levesque at all? No. Oh, she is a nutritionist out of Los Angeles, but her thing is stabilizing blood sugar and she has her thing is all about the Fab Four, so greens, fiber, fat, protein in every single meal and I always remember it cuz it's four. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, the four, the mm. Fab Four." And it helps me remember it cuz I think and I like I'll make a meal and I'm like, "Okay, do I have all the four things?" So I love that <laughs> yours has a four because it means I can always remember it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, there we go. One, yeah, two, three, four. You won't forget it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great. Oh, that's so exciting. And then I, I heard yeah. you once share in a podcast episode that you are really great at manifesting money and opportunities. So, do you mm -hmm. have separate formulas for different pockets of your life? So, yeah, yeah, really good question. So the equation basically can be applied to anything you want to create in your life. But, and this is what we run through in the book, there's, um, so the, the first half of the book is all about the theory. It's all about the equation. The second half of the book splits it up into chapters in different areas of your life. So manifesting money, manifesting love, manifesting opportunity. And the equation applies no matter what you're trying to manifest, but there's different pockets of your life that I think are worth looking at 
depending on what it is you're trying to manifest. So for example, money. I think the main issue with money for people is the past stories that they have about money. Mm. And a lot of the time, those past stories aren't even their stories. Mm -hmm. They're stories that have been passed down through their family, um, even through like generational stories, like not just their immediate family, but you know, um, their grandparents and their great grandparents. Sometimes they're stories that have been told by their friends or at school or their workplace or what they believe is possible for them. And that's the same thing goes for opportunity. And the biggest, the biggest takeaway that I hope people take from make it happen. It's not, um, it's not a spoiler, but it's that your ability to manifest is directly in line with your level of self-worth. So in the areas of your life that you believe you are worthy and deserving of these things, you will find it really easy to manifest. Mm -hmm. In the areas of your life where you don't feel worthy and deserving, you're honestly going to struggle. So the work here is to apply the thoughts, the feelings, the actions and the faith to build your self-worth in that area so that you can manifest with ease. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. I really, I am so with you on, you know, self-worth being the foundation and that worthiness that's internal and that deservingness from within. Cause we all know when we have a self-worth, it's like, Oh yeah, totally. I could totally go to that thing. Or like, I could totally date that person versus like, Oh my God, I could never date that person. You know, they're too good yeah. for me. I love Absolutely. that, that piece around self-worth. So do you talk about that lots in the book about, you know, raising up the self-worth and elevating that? Totally. Yeah. So one of the first chapters in the practical part of the book is about manifesting a higher self-worth and self-love. Um, but it is a theme that runs throughout the whole book because all of our limiting beliefs and all of our past stories basically come down to, like I said before, how worthy we think we are of mm. something. So really being able to strengthen that self-worth from the beginning of your manifestation practice is going to make the whole experience a lot more effortless and easeful. So I talk a lot about personal vibration and your own authenticity and what strengthens that and what weakens that. Mm. And I think a lot of the work around manifestation has been about finding the thing that you want and then altering your vibration to match that thing. But the question I ask people is what would happen if you just focused on vibrating as your most authentic self and then the things that are naturally on your frequency are going to be drawn to you? Yeah. So less focus mm-hmm. on that and mm-hmm. more focus on you. And that is so that in itself is really empowering. So mm-hmm. if we can just work on adjusting our self-worth in every area of our life that's important for us to be creating in, then that's the work. That's all we need to do. And I feel like that's a lot easier than going to try and be something else. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've never heard anybody phrase it like that. And I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time understanding manifestation between like Abraham Hicks and I loved and learned a lot from like Jess Lively and Lacey Phillips. Like I was super duper down the manifestation rabbit hole. And I love what you shared about focusing on yourself and your vibration and you raising that up with raising up your self-worth and then seeing what comes to you versus trying to get on some other frequency of something outside of yourself. 
I think that's genius. I love that, Georgiana. That's amazing. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. Abraham Hicks talks about this stuff lots when they're like, oh, um, like embody your future self now and like go out there and like buy the things or do those things or take the big holidays. But I love that what you share about like you raising your own self-worth on your own and seeing what comes and gets drawn into you. I think that's the smart way of doing yeah. it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's the smart way, but it, feel, it, it feels a lot more authentic because totally. the thing is like when we're trying to manifest something, we don't actually know if it's in our highest interest that we have it. You know, like we have a perceived idea mm -hmm. of whether or not it's the right thing for us. But I always talk about our tiny human brains because mm -hmm. our human brains are very tiny in comparison to the big, wide, all-knowing, wise universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when, we're, when we choose something we want and we're like, yep, going to vibrate on that, we have this perceived idea that it's the best thing for us mm. where I like to think, well, hang on. Maybe I'll just work on being the best version of me and everything that is in my highest interest, whether it's that thing I envisage or something far better and far greater will be naturally attracted to me. Mm, I love that. And it seems way easier too. And just more simple yeah. and intuitive. I feel like this is a groundbreaking. I'm having a groundbreaking oh. aha moment. I love this. Yeah. This no, is great. Kelly, I had the same, I had the same moment and you know, I only had it while I was writing the book. I mean, I'd always kind of focused on the self-worth stuff, but it, I had the, that Oprah aha moment mm. where I was writing it and I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It is so much more about you than it is about what you want to create. Totally. And the yeah. authenticity piece, you know, I see that in my own life. The more authentic I am, the more I am myself, the more I kind of care less about trying to do it a certain way and just yes. be myself and see what shows up the better it totally. gets and it, it's easier I'm like why did I not learn this like <laughs> yeah. years ago <laughs> totally and you know what looking on Instagram that is such a big thing for people it's like they see what they see what they think they need to create from this highlights reel mm -hmm. of you know, what is essentially really like, even when you're trying to be fully authentic on social media, there is a level of inauthenticity to it mm -hmm. because it's filtered, you know, it's filtered totally. by your phone. Um, and not like the actual physical filters, but like, you know, there's a phone screen in between you and your message. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's really hard for us to look at this stuff and feel like we need to create from that space when really if we just went inside and figured out what it is that makes us feel most like us like mm -hmm. the truest version of us then that's all the comparison that you need mm -hmm. yeah mm. that is so powerful that's so powerful especially like you know so many I so many people you know even myself in the early days I would look at what other people are doing in comparison to like what I should be doing or like oh they're going to that place or going even like in university like my friends going to different schools I'm like oh maybe I should consider that school versus sort of like you know really focusing on your truth and your desires so I love that 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 is a big light bulb aha moment for me so I think that's huge oh, focusing good. on your own own desires raising that up and seeing what comes to you which I love yeah yeah, yeah. 
I would also love to ask you about resistance, which is a big word that Abraham Hicks uses. Uh, Are you familiar with the resistance topic about like, you know, if you want it so bad, you push it away? Yeah, I, I mean, a sort of surface level, I guess I have an understanding of it. I don't know if I'm in agreement with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I used to really subscribe to like, oh my God, if I want it too much, it means like balancing like I used to learn like oh balancing forces are going to come into play and if you want it too much you can't get it like I would love to hear your take take on this okay so I, I mean a huge part of of the equation is the faith element right mm-hmm. and I think that um a certain level and it, it every time it surprises me and then I go why are you so surprised you knew this would work One of the really um, potent ways to secure a manifestation, if you want to put it like that, is to practice non-attachment. Now, non-attachment in the sense that you have so much faith and so much trust that that manifestation is going to come into into full bloom that you don't need to hold on to it for dear life, Mm. you know? And if it doesn't manifest then it's because something better is on the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the non-attachment piece in terms of resistance. I don't know whether we resist because we want something so much. I don't know if I agree with that. I think resistance comes from fear. Mm. We resist things because again, we don't feel that we are worthy of them. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we don't know that if, when they arrive, we're going to be able to, handle them, that we're deserving of them. So I think what we need to do in those moments and people do come up, it's their limiting belief systems again and the stories that they tell themselves. If you do come up against resistance in manifestation, have a look at where that fear is coming from. Are you in danger? Most of the time we're not. We're not in danger. It's a fear of the unknown. And it's what Brene Brown talks about a lot. It's Mm -hmm. like stepping up to the call of courage and being brave and exercising a little bit of faith. Mm -hmm. And I always say to people, you know, if you find yourself in moments of fear or resistance in this sense, try and replace it with faith. Mm. Try and replace it with, if it is in my highest interest, it will work out. If it isn't, then something better is on the way. It's not that I'm not deserving of it. It's not that I'm not worthy of it. It's that something far better is in my future. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're so right. Resistance being more fear-based versus really stepping into faith, you know, in the in the fourth part of the, your manifestation equation. I think, I think you're right on that. It being more of of the fear around sort of maybe an underlying fear of, you know, pushing it away because we we just deep down think we're just not good enough versus having that high self-worth and tapping into the faith and knowing that, you know, whatever's going to manifest is going to be for the best and highest good. And if it's not this, it's something better. So I think that makes, that makes so much sense. And I think, you know, also it being more of like tapping into like the more of like the abundance thing versus like scarcity and fear and doubt. But I love what you shared around, you know, it could be something 
better and like even like dabbling yeah. in that perspective because you know universe loves to do like last minute substitutions or change things around <laughs> or give you something better and you know like what you said yeah. us controlling it with our little human monkey minds is not as great as the huge universal intelligence so I love that I love that answer that's amazing thank you Jordana that was like 10 out, oh, 10 yeah. out of 10 answer oh yes woohoo <laughs> yeah because I used to do a ton of reading for Abraham like reading a lot of Abraham Hicks and resistance I was like oh my god I can't have any resistance I'm gonna push it away but I think that was just more fear fear speaking um, yeah. versus like high self-worth yeah look I my manifestation journey started with Esther Abraham Hicks all of that mm-hmm. and I um it definitely holds so much value absolutely the point where I started to really kind of um resist those teachings was that everything was so absolute Mm. And I feel like, you know, this, this practice of manifestation is such a personal journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you know, and it's the same with the teachings that, that I've um, outlined in the book. Like if it resonates with you, it resonates with you. And if it doesn't, you let it go and you find the things that do work for you. Like it's all an experiment really. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I, the teachings of Abraham Hicks hold so much value, but there are sticky points for people and they feel like if they can't master them, then they'll never master manifestation. And it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Cause it feels, I know, I mean, I enjoy definitely parts of the Abraham Hicks work, but it also feels like you have to do everything right to be successful. Um, you know, yes. no negative and thoughts. And if you don't, then yeah. you're a failure. Totally, you know, and that, totally. I think failure, the, the idea of failing trips people up so much when they first start manifesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And yeah, like what you had shared, like everybody's on their own journey with manifestation. Everyone has their own like little, little ways or like little, even like knowingness of when a manifestation is going to come or when to maybe pivot or change the course or, you know, to like let one go. I think you're so, so right. It's, it's such a personal journey, um, versus like trying to master like Abraham's like little formula and guidelines, which is something I definitely tried yeah. to do in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that I just really want to get across with manifestation is we are all manifesting all of the time without mm-hmm. even realizing it. You're already doing it. Mm-hmm. All I want to teach people is how to do it consciously so that they're manifesting amazing things in their life and not they're not so that their manifestations are just a byproduct of the thoughts and the feelings and the actions and the faith that they're taking without conscious intention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, using it in a more conscious, like specific way. And yeah, we definitely, we all are manifesting all the time doing in things where we don't even realize we're like, Oh yeah. Manifest like, cause sometimes, sometimes like it's easy for me to just like brush it off and be like, Oh, I worked for that. Or like, I just, I just did that. Yeah. And, like, Oh, universe did not help me with that. I did that. And that's just like, you know, me not always realizing, <laughs> Oh, Hey, you got some universal help, Kelly. Like stop trying to take all the yeah. credit, <laughs> but it's so true. We are doing it all the time. Um, yeah. and, and the universe throws us lots of bones our way all the time. So I agree. I, I agree. Like using it in a conscious way to do it more consistently and I love your main message of of increasing your self-worth because like that is something that everybody could work on in order to get things at a higher vibration in your life that are drawn to you like you know whether that's just like better paying jobs or like a career that you love more or like 
even, you know, the difference between settling for a mediocre apartment versus like a really nice apartment, like people stepping into their worth and their power and, and having things in their life that are at a higher vibration because they have the higher self-worth and not settling for stuff that's misaligned. I think that is like the hugest piece for sure out of all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd also love to chat a little bit about, you know, what you were saying around detachment and letting go of the outcome, which, you know, comes into sort of the surrender piece. So I I remember you once saying, I think it might've been your episode with Justine Peacock about, um, you being good at surrendering and you're like, Oh, am I being lazy when I surrender things? Or like, no, I'm just like, I just give it up. I'm just good at Like, I remember you making a comment about that. I had to listen to it a couple times. I'm like, how oh, does she do this? This is so good. Like, so when it comes to detachment and letting go and surrender, yeah. um, do you have any tips for the people like myself who sometimes white knuckle <laughs> to the last minute? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Surrender. <laughs> it's something that takes practice for sure mm-hmm. but it really comes back to the the faith that I was talking mm-hmm. about before and when we when we um have faith that something's going to work out for us no matter how much effort or lack of effort we put into it then we can let go of our grip on it a little bit because mm-hmm. it is having this trust that if it's going to work out, it's going to work out. As long as we, and I talk about the co-creation piece of manifestation, as long as we have done as much as we can do, mm-hmm. then our only job is to release our grip and let the universe do its bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's this real dance between action and, and surrender. Mm -hmm. Have you done all you can do? And once you have let go, if it's meant to be, it will happen. You holding onto it for dear life, if anything, is going to hinder that manifestation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. You know, asking yourself the question, like, have I done everything that I can do? Because usually it's yes. And it's like, okay, if you have, then you've done it all. Like, what more are you going to do? Like, (laughs) like what else is there? You know, the only option is to let go. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any, do you have any tips on how you practice that, that faith and that trust in the moments when it feels hard or challenging or like, you know, you want it's like the 11th hour, like that kind of situation. Yes, I do have some tips. When it comes to faith and and really leaning into the surrender part of it, um, I really found such a profound learning from turning to all of the cycles within the universe. So um, Mm -hmm. the lunar cycle is a really beautiful example of it where it um, it has this really beautiful, powerful action orientated energy on the new moon and we move through the waxing phase of the cycle and that's when we're being proactive and we're making things happen and then we get to the full moon and we slip into a very kind of yin energy where we're in the waning phases and that's when we need to let go and release and surrender and what happens is that cycle keeps on going forever it never stops Mm -hmm. and it's the same for every cycle within the universe that we look at you know the sun will always rise and then it will set and then it will always rise again our breath is a really beautiful way to lean into the ebbs and flows of action and surrender we've got this beautiful invigorating inhale 
and then this beautiful release when we exhale. And we're always going to inhale again right up until that moment when we take our last exhale breath. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when we look around and see how the universe works, and there's always going to be times when we can do our bit in action, it's always going to be followed by this chance to let go and surrender. And that is how the entire universe works. Why would we work any differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so powerful. You know, even like yeah, the, the the visual of it, like of the of the moon phase and like the dawn and the dusk and the inhale and the exhale and like that being the natural cycle of the universe. That being such a powerful metaphor. Do you have any other tools that you like to draw on? You know, you kind of like in the moments, you know. For example, like when the, the shit's hitting the fan or if it feels really sticky and hard and you're like, is this ever going to work out? Oh my God. You know, I'm sure there were times, you know, when you were writing your book and you're like, oh my God, writing a book is a huge project. <laughs> do you have any like little totally. things you do like in the moment, you know, when it feels like really heavy and bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time I will journal just to get stuff out of my head. Mm-hmm. I feel like when the, when everything's in your head, it, you start to feel all consumed by it. Mm-hmm. I like to move, like mm-hmm. move energy around. Mm-hmm. When stuff feels stuck, when you feel stuck, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel anxious, when you feel fear, when you feel any kind of low vibration, what you want to do is you don't want to suppress it. You don't want to forget that it's there. You want to move it through so that you can release it. So whether that's going for a walk, whether that's doing a yoga class, whether that is dancing to Taylor Swift in the kitchen, <laughs> it's just moving your body energetically mm-hmm. to get it moving through you. And you always feel different. You might not feel mm-hmm. better but you've created a shift and a change. Mm -hmm. And that always works for me, always. And also just get yourself out of your environment. If you're going crazy and you're attaching to something, just change the environment that you're in. Sometimes that's enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I also find bringing myself back to my breath with those deep inhales and exhales it reminds me of the universal cycles, but also it just calms me down because like I said, when we're not in faith, we're in fear. So to get ourselves out of fear, you need to be leaning back into that faith cycle. And for me, the breath really emphasizes that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. When we're not in faith, we are in fear. That is so powerful Mm. and so true. And I loved the little, you know, but they're very, you know, easy things to do to shift your energy and just shake things up. I think the biggest piece is like the, the catch, like when you catch yourself in the repetitive thought or, you know, getting that, that stuck feeling to be like, okay, what can I do to shift this in like a little easy way? I think those are so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is this like, I always say to myself, is this strengthening my vibration or is this weakening my vibration? And a lot of the time when we sit in negative thoughts and negative feelings, all we're doing is wasting our energy, energy that could be used to our advantage. So what can I do to shift it into a different vibration? What can I do to strengthen the parts of me that make me feel good and authentic and like the truest version of me? 
Mm, I love that. That's such a great question too. Cause usually, yeah, our, our little, like, you know, our, our egoic monkey minds are like, Oh, if I just keep thinking about it, I'm going to solve this. But you know, is that yeah, yeah. increasing your vibration? <laughs> no, <laughs> it goes in the thought loop for sure. So I would love to, you know, wrap up and share a little bit more about your new book, make it happen. So wait, first and foremost, I want to hear the story about how you manifested writing this book and the book deal. Oh, okay. So, um, it was so, it was such a crazy story really. I mean, well, not crazy, but like I, every new moon, I write a list of intentions. That's kind of the catalyst of my manifestation practice. And I'd been trying to manifest a book deal for a really long time, but I was very specific about what I was trying to manifest. I had a specific publisher in mind. I had a title for the book. I had like a timeline that it would be, you know, when it would be published and how it would be published and when I'd write it, where I'd write it, like all these, all these stupid, stupid, like parameters that I was setting up around the intention because I was being so specific and I um, had decided, because it's one of the things I teach with manifestation, mm. sometimes you don't listen to yourself, <laughs> was to drop the specifics. Mm. And so I really just paired it back and I was like, what is it that you actually want? Like what is behind this intention? What's the feeling behind it? And the feeling, all it was, was that I wanted to share my message with manifestation about manifestation with as many people as possible. So I dropped all the parameters around it. And within weeks, I was offered this publishing deal with an amazing publisher that wasn't the publisher that I'd originally thought I would publish with. Uh, But the only problem was that they needed, well, they wanted the manuscript in eight weeks. So I was like, (laughs) okay, how am I going to write a book in eight weeks? And um, I just did because I knew that this opportunity had come to me because of the um, belief that I had in myself, Mm -hmm. the actions that I was willing to take in order to get a book deal. You can't get a book deal unless you hand your proposal into a publisher. I had really strong feelings about what it would mean for me to have a book and why it was so important to me and my own authenticity. And I really aligned my thoughts with that as well. I believed it was possible for me. So when all of that came together and then I was given this opportunity, but only had eight weeks to do it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make it happen. I'm just going to make it happen. And I, and I, and I did, I don't actually, (laughs) I don't actually know how I did it, but I did it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I look back on it and I'm like, how did you write that many pages in eight weeks? But you know, I did. And it's, I think it's a really great book. I think it's got some really juicy ahas in there for people, but I also share a lot of personal stories, which makes the whole journey through the book really, really relatable. Mm -hmm. And when you're, learning a new concept, whether it's spiritual or by the book, um, it really helps if you have examples of how it relates to you personally. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this book. And the cover is gorgeous, by the way. I was so excited to see the cover. I am so excited to see this thing in person. I'm going to get it all over my Instagram. It's so beautiful. I am so, (laughs) I'm so excited for all the listeners to get their hands on it. So what day is it going to be officially in stores? When can we officially go out and buy it? Yeah. So it's officially in stores in Australia, New Zealand, the UK and Ireland on May 6th. 
it is available to everyone else in the rest of the world through book depository is probably the best way to order it if you're in the States or Canada um, or any of the other European countries. Um, we're trying to get a US publisher as we speak. So if anyone listening wants to publish my book in the US, let me know. Um, but yeah, if you order it online, you'll receive it straight away. Perfect. I will take those links from your website and put them in the show notes as well for the international listeners who want to go through the book depository. So exciting. And then what is the thing you're most excited to share with readers? Um, and what can people look forward to the most in make it happen? I mean, I know there's amazing chapters on everything, but what's maybe your favorite thing that people can look forward to? I think what people are going to really get excited about in this book is how easy manifestation in it is and once you can start to apply the equation that things are just going to happen like almost immediately and I think like I said before it's such an empowering tool to have because it doesn't just you know like it's not just something that you apply to the big things you want to create in your life like I apply the manifestation equation to decisions I'm trying to make about business to just like relating with people in my life in whether it's romantic relationships or business relationships or familial relationships I use that equation for everything so once you know this stuff you can't unknow it and that excites me so much. <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And then also, you know, keeping it easy and something totally doable and something that's available for everybody. Yeah. And also it's actually a really fun read too, because I think that a lot of personal development books, although they have really great concepts in them can be a little bit dry to read, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but Without tooting my own horn, I actually think it's a very funny book. Like you will lull, you will laugh out loud <laughs> when you read it. And I think that's also really important when you're trying to absorb new information, mm -hmm. you know, to make it kind of light and funny. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun read. Awesome. I'm so excited to read it. I, I know it's going to be funny because I love your content, Jordana, and you are, it's so, everything is so fun and you break things down in a really easy way and it's digestible and it's easy and it's flowy and it's fun. And it's just, I, I'm really excited to read it. I know it's going to be funny. Oh, I, you. I'm going to give you the, I know it's going to be funny. So yeah you're not just tooting your own horn I'm gonna validate that even though I haven't read it yet I know you know it's gonna be me lulling reading your book out loud and then lastly where can people find you online Jordana if they want to connect and get in touch and listen to your podcasts yeah well all of the places my favorite place to hang out and where I have the most fun is Instagram and my handle is at Jordana Levine my website jordanalevine.com so it's j-o-r-d-a-n-n-a-l-e-v-i-n.com um, the podcasts are the inspired table podcast where you can listen to inspiring interviews with people and then every two weeks there's a synopsis on either the new moon or the full moon and then The Middle, which is a really fun show that I'm hosting with my good friend Holly as a party. Um, and we talk about all things spiritual, but we also like to talk about reality television and <laughs> Game of Thrones and like really fun, frivolous stuff too. So, yeah. Amazing. I will stick all the links in the show notes for the listeners. And well, thank you so much, Georgiana, for coming on the show and for sharing your time with us and for sharing about your new book, which everybody, please take a second to, you know, get your hands on this or bring this and request it in at your local library. Um, I'm so excited to, I'm, I'm so excited to share this and make this live. Thank you so much, Georgiana, for coming on the show. Aww. 
Kelly, thank you so much. Um, you're such a wonderful interviewer. It's been so easy breezy um, and I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate you. All right, my friends, and there you have it. That is the show for you today. I so hope you enjoyed this interview with Jordana. Isn't she amazing? I know. She is so much fun to chat with and connect with. If you love this episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot of this and upload it to your Instagram stories. Go tag Jordana and I in it. It's just at Jordana Levine on Instagram and at Kelly Track. I'd love to see that you're listening, that you're tuning in. I want to hear your favorite aha moments. Tell me how excited you are to go get Jordana's new book, Make It Happen. Happen. Let me know if you've already ordered. I am so excited to be reading alongside with you. I would love to connect with you over on the gram. It's always so much fun when I get to see who listens to the show, who's loving it, and what you're learning. Plus, I so appreciate you for tuning in and for listening and for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you in my community and for listening. I know your time is super, super precious and valuable, so it means the world to me that you spend it you know, listening to the Kelly Track Show. So thanks for tuning in. I am sending you lots of love your way. So my friends, that's it. And I'll catch you back here soon. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.